You are now tuned in to the official podcast of the foundation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah, man, we definitely going to transition out of that, man. I uh, look like we got our special guest, man. He's definitely in the building, man, in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me go ahead and, and set up the introduction. My man, Helen Otter, Rock City, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Man, great actor, up and up and coming rising star, and just man, just bursting on the scene. Man, ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome Mr. Tory Lawrence? What's up, Tory? Hey man, how you doing? Hey Chris, hello man, how you doing? <laughs> we doing good, man. We just been chopping it up for an hour, just you know, going over a few topics that's going over going on this in this country, man. But you know. But like I told everybody, man, we definitely get nine o'clock. You would be here. Uh, I told me, I said, you know how it is in Hollywood, man. They got projects going on. You know, sometimes things run over. So you know, I, I just try to get in where I fit in. You know what I mean? <laughs> man, it's it's been crazy. It's just, it's been raining out here, so you know, just gotta take my time getting home. You know. Oh, for sure, for sure. I can only imagine, especially with the with the traffic out there, boy. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. Woo, woo. Yep, but yeah, folks are definitely out here showing you love. But yeah, man, go ahead and tell the people who you are and, you know, where you're from, your, your early educational background. Go ahead and explain to folks who you are. Uh, well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Tori B. Lawrence. I'm originally from uh, Rocky Mountain, North Kakalaki. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, uh, from a small town, like I said, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, went to college at uh, St. Augustine's College, Falcon Pride, graduated yeah. with a degree in computer science and uh, worked in corporate America for like uh, 20 years and started doing theater um, in 2000. Uh, first play was uh, at Raleigh Little Theater, uh, The mm -hmm. Timing of the Shrew, and been at it ever since then. Yeah, man, that's what's up, man. Yeah, man. And, and the thing that came to my attention was, you know, I, I didn't even know you act, man, until, until my uncle, man, he came across this project that he had with you. It was a DVD. And, and, and when he played it for me, I'm looking and I'm like, is that Tory? He was like, yeah, man, Tory acting. I was like, he's doing a damn good job, too, man. What was, what was the name of that project? Uh, the project was uh, called Everything's Copacetic. That was Everything's Copacetic. Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, man, and that, and from that point on, I, um, I think you you knew that you wanted to take it to another level, and um, and going over to the left coast, um, which was a huge step. So so let's talk about that out the gate. Um, like like when you enjoy, when did you realize that you enjoy acting? I um, I realized when I enjoyed acting when it started to give me the confidence to believe in myself. Uh, I say that because um, you'll probably start noticing I have a, a slight stammer, a speech impediment and what have you. So um, when I started getting on stage and because uh, it takes a lot to really um, to do theater, you know, especially if I when I was a kid in, in school, just if I had to give a, a, a book report i was like uh no i'll just take a <laughs> half you go ahead and take half the points off because i'm not getting in front of a classroom and recite stuff now 
But um, that's when I really started having a passion for it, a, uh, a desire for it because of that. You know, um, I, long story, it didn't come that easy, though. Um, I say that because uh, the first play that I actually was able to be in was, like I said, Tame of the Shrew. But yeah. before I auditioned for three years and I didn't book anything because the hardest thing for me at an audition was to say my name, Tori B. Lawrence. But I couldn't even say my name because I stuttered so bad. And uh, when I finally got over that hump, then there was the cold reading part of it. And I sucked at that. So um, it, t- it took three years of really like um, taking acting classes and, and just working on it and trying to build a confidence up to, to, uh, to, to do this because other performers I looked up to, James Earl Jones, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Samuel Jackson. You know, uh, he has a really, he still has a speech impediment. And I read an article where that's the reason why he would say, uh, motherfucker. So, but when I started to um, be on that stage and I can learn these lines and just be able to project and, 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 um, get over that fear, if you will. Then I just start having confidence, more and more confidence in myself to 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 do this, you know? Yeah. And, and which makes sense because um um which 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 the first thing I could think about is when I when I looked at the project, when I looked at the um project that um that my uncle had showed me and I said, is that Tory? he didn't start that one time. You know what I'm saying? He he went, he did his lines, it was clean. And it's like, dude, he had the swag and shit. Like, yeah, you know. I was like, damn, this, that's I said, well, okay, that's what's up. So, so you say, um, um, the is, is it safe to say that you know, so James Earl Jones and Samuel Jackson, you said were definitely your biggest inspiration. At what point did you know that that James Earl Jones uh had had the speech of Pet or even Samuel Jackson? I read an article about it. I li- it was literally um, like I said I started act started doing theater in early two thousands and it was an article that I read somewhere I just can't recall exactly where but there was him and several other uh, professional actors that had speech impediments and they still was able to um, uh, accomplish they go they didn't let that hinder them to 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 go for what they want. You know, and I I felt really empowered by that, and I was like, you know what? If they did it, I know I I can do it. I just got to put in the work, and uh, just keep grinding, and just keep, you know, because it was a lot of rejection. <laughs> it was it was a lot it was a lot of rejection. Uh, you, you know, I I, I remember that um, when in North Carolina, whenever we get an audition. Yeah. We would have to drive to Wilmington. And, yeah. you know, as you know, it's three hours away. Yep. Raleigh. Yep. So I would literally have to take a day off of work. And, I, you know, when you work in the corporate America and you got an audition, it's going to take you three hours to get there. You're there for like 
five, ten minutes than three hours to get back. So I didn't miss the whole day's work. Yeah. So, you know, I try to make up my time best I can. But the, one of the hardest things to deal with, because when I finally started getting some success in theater, when I um, was getting some articles written about the performance that I was able to give and overcoming my speech impediment, I still had the the proverbial wall, if you will, where uh, I would meet cast directors and I couldn't, I had, I still stuttered saying my name. I still yeah. stuttered. And once they heard that, um, this was told, my agent told me at the time, they just, they weren't interested because they felt that once I'm on, on set, I couldn't do the job because I just couldn't say my name. I couldn't start off like, hi, my name is Tori Lawrence. Instead was, you know, and it felt like 20 minutes just to say Tori Lawrence. Yeah. And um, regardless of, like I said, I was sending them articles. Like, this is me doing theater at this place and this place and this place. It's not an issue. They just, they didn't want to take a chance. And um, it's, 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 it's sad that, um, you would see closed mindedness on that, you know, because uh, all I was just looking for was a chance. It, and I, I say this because I remember uh, uh, someone that was in North Carolina, they had their own production company, and I was building, a re- trying to build a relationship with this, this guy for like six months to a year. And I would send him articles and, and whatnot. And um, I would just tell him, I said, look, all I'm asking is for a chance. If I mess up and he said, look, I want to give you a chance, Tori, but if I hire you and then you're on set and you start stuttering, then the producer's going to be looking at me like, what's wrong with him? I was like, let me handle that. You know, l- let me fight that battle. Don't just cancel me just because of, of that. You know, it's... Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're not even giving me a chance to prove to them. I, I've proven to you, but now you won't let me prove to them. And he, he just never gave me a shot, you know. And I was like very, very disappointed because maybe I didn't try to cultivate that relationship hard enough. But it, it's it's just people at early on in my career wasn't willing to take that chance or that leap of faith, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're definitely going to be an inspiration to many, and and I'm I'm going to lean on the side of that um that they just weren't willing to take the chance, you know, and um I mean my thing is this I mean you see your work your work is impeccable so why not give a shot you know what I'm saying I can see if you got on set and you just messed up but your work has been from what I've seen has been it's been top notch so you got to you got to give a person at least give them a chance you know what i'm saying and, yeah. and, and to me and to me they they blew it you know what i'm saying they, to me they when it's the moment of truth and you have a chance to, to um showcase someone's skill set then shit if if you if you if you don't show up and and, and give them a shot then your anything you say at that point don't mean nothing cuz you didn't believe me to begin with exactly i could, i say that this if i'm on set and if i can't do it on set then it's on me I got to yeah. own that because I look at it like this. When I'm on set, when you've booked, when you've cast me in something, I, I have to be a good representative. I have to be, I have to represent you because you gave me the chance to be here. Exactly. I'm on time. I know my lines. I'm not a problem on set. 
I'm fun to be around. I get stuff done, you know, and that's 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 the thing right there. I I don't want to be given an opportunity, but then prove you wrong for giving me that opportunity. Does that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, it makes perfect sense. They should at least give you the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? That if you if you fumble the ball a couple of times, then it's like okay, I've jacked it up. But if you if you if your work has been a one up to this point. Then why not? Why not give me the opportunity to shine? Well, you know, and I guess when I say give me the opportunity, it might be uh, a little funny kind of wordplay. I, I mean, just all all I'm saying is let me do the work. Yeah, let me do the work, and if you don't like the work that you see, fine, you know, fine. But I guarantee when I'm on, when I'm on that set. I have time to prepare right now. I got, <laughs> I got lines. I got to learn right now <laughs> for something, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I, I just, I'm just, I'm just really hungry. I, I'm really hungry. I got a a, a, a desire to, to, to do some work, you know. And there's a lot of work out there. I see a lot of writers that's writing some great material, and I just want that opportunity to bring it to life. All the writers, the producers, directors, I've seen some of their work and I just try to connect to them. Like, I hope to work with you so I can show you what I can bring to the table to be an asset, if you will. Makes totally sense. And if you, and if you look at somebody like, like James Earl Jones, no one would ever would have ever thought he had a speech impediment. And I knew about that. You know what I'm saying? But he's one of the, he's one of the best you know what I'm saying, actors of our time in our, in our generation. When you think of that voice... First thing you think of is either you know what I'm saying Mufasa or, or the King yeah. or uh, coming to America. I mean, whatever his voice. Look, even Darth Vader. That was his voice for Darth Vader too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so he is he, he's iconic, man. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, it, it's it, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and and that's the thing too. With uh, there's so many uh, uh, famous. Uh, People that have impediments. You uh, you have uh, Tiger Woods, uh, Bo Jackson, the athlete Bo Jackson from the Oakland uh, Raiders, former Oakland Raiders, uh, um, uh, the country singer um, Mel Tillis, the country singer. Yeah, he stutters when he talks, but when he got to sing, he don't stutter. Flawless. Exactly. Yeah. So there's Flawless. you know um you know we just we just people that just have not a disability. I don't think it's a disability at all. It's just a unique trait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. It's a very unique trait. Yeah. yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's, it's worth it. It's work ethic. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's the same work and energy that it's going to take in each part and learning the lines. It's the same discipline you got to have. So, so yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with that 100%. So what would you say up to this point was your this is that is your proudest moment that you could think of up 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 to this moment right now. Proudest moment. I mean, there's. I'm gonna be honest with you. There's not just one proudest moment. I mean, the you most recent, time. The, the most recent proudest moment I'll say was being in the heart of the fall. Oh, for sure, for sure. Proudest moments, you know, right there. But uh, if I was to if I was to go in chronological order, there's so many proud moments. Um, I I say the first proud moment was. When I did um, audition for Tangler Shrew, 
I memorized uh, uh, a monologue from Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. I memorized the whole thing. And I got up, and when I said my name, I stuttered. But I said that whole monologue piece for like two minutes, didn't stutter not one time. Standing ovation. Standing ovation from the director and everybody else in there. Now, when I had a cold read, <laughs> that's when it started. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute now. Let's just back up a little bit. <laughs> but uh, that was one of well, that was one of the that was one of the first um, um, proudest moments because I finally conquered that. Um, another proud moment was working on a play called A Lesson Before Dying. Mm-hmm. And that that was a uh, North Carolina with the uh, Deep Dish Theater, Deep Dish Theater in Chapel Hill. Yep. And I remember the director Paul Furlick, great yeah. director, and uh, I auditioned for the role twice, and I just didn't feel I was ready, you know, because this was really because if you're familiar with this, uh, if you're familiar with the play, it takes place in like 1940s in the South, so that's that was really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think at that time I had the chops for it, but he believed in me. And when I auditioned for it, uh, I, I, I didn't stutter, but I let the stutter happen because the character was scared. You know, oh, uh, you know? makes sense. So, um, so I think that I kind of use that trait of mine to like bring out the fear that, that this character Jefferson was feeling. So, and, and um, at the table read, I'm stuttering throughout the table read. Mm. Everybody's looking at me like, and I could, maybe they won't look at me like that, but I could just feel eyes just looking at me. And I'm like, and after this table read, I, 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 I tell uh, Paul, or like I said, look, Paul, you did not make a mistake hiring me. You know, I, I got this. And he looked at me, and he says, I trust you. I believe in you. Right there, that was like finally someone was willing to. Um, finally, someone was willing to believe in me with that much dialogue, and I just literally butchered a table read. And when opening night came, I was on point. You know, I was on point on that. So, um, you know, there's just been a lot of proud moments that. I can't, I mean, honestly, I can't even count. You know, when I was working on The Heart of the Fall, a, a director, um, a director named uh, uh, Graham Kelly, Graham Kelly, and I would work with him on a, a project uh, with a musician called uh, uh, Stu Lawson. Stu Lawson, he was directing the music video for that. And I worked with him on the music video. I was one of the actors in the music video. Yeah. And Whenever I worked on a project, I've always tried to, after the project's done, I write a thank you letter to each director, whatever. I, I try to write to everyone I can, include everybody, because that's what I've learned from corporate, corporate America. That's what I did in theater. Yeah. Every theater production I did, I've always wrote a thank you letter. At the, the very last night, that's when I give it to him. And... Um, I did that with, with Graham and he called me up. I was in um, uh, uh, New Mexico at the time. He says, Hey, I got a commercial coming up. Uh, are you available? I'm like, I'm 
trying to learn these lines and get this fight scene down. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it shoots on this day. Okay, I'll be coming back from, uh, I'll be here for about like a few more days, like three more days. And it was like a, parag- a big paragraph of dialogue. And, you know, I show up. I'm off book, nailing every scene and everything like that because um, he believed in me. He was willing to take that 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 chance, and um, from that relationship of just being on being on point, being on your square, and just having a good relationship with people, uh, that has cultured, that has garnered more work with them and other directors as well. So, and I'm hoping that. Um, um, that when when Mr. Samuels works on uh, the continuation of the Heart of the Fall, that hopefully he'll uh, give me a call and says, "Hey, uh, you would you want to be in, in in the sequel?" Like, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> fans, if you're watching, yes. <laughs> Reboot. Hell yeah! I, I, I learned how to ride a horse. I rode a horse since I was a kid, so I learned. I learned <laughs> real quick. Hell yeah! Why not? Shoot, that's a golden mm-hmm. opportunity. And yeah. um, look at that! I got one of the questions from a from a viewer. They said, "Did you um, receive a professional training for your unique ability, or did you just tackle that on your own?" Okay. Uh, as far as like unique unique abilities, uh, what in particular? Um, just. Like as far as far as far as far as being able to to overcome the um, speech impediment to um to be able to um to perform. Oh, okay. Um, unique abilities. Um, like I said, I, three years, uh, three years of constant before I got that first role. So I took a lot of uh, acting classes in in, in uh, North Carolina and Raleigh. I read several books, acting books, and just constantly worked on it i would i would uh read shakespeare aloud I, w- I would just do anything and everything and like i said i went to auditions and just tried to book jobs and if i started i started but i just kept fighting and eventually the more and more i did it yeah i was getting dis- discouraged because nothing seemed to be happening or i get passed up because of this or that and I still get told no. Even after 20 years, I still get told no. I, I get passed mm-hmm. over. It, it comes with the territory. Because um, there's so many variables in acting uh, in this career. Yeah. You know, you can be too tall, too dark, too this, too that. I'm, you know, I can't control it. All I can do is just get in there and be the best you can be. But as far as, like, abilities, do the work. Just be in there, be present, do the work. Theater, I think theater is really the backbone for me because that got me to respect the craft. Um, because in theater, you you have to always be paying attention. It's not like in film, you mess up a line, like, uh, can we do that again? No, theater, yeah. you, you mess up a line, you better keep it going. You, 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 <laughs> spot, you find a way to get back on track. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't just quit. And you got an audience members just looking yeah. at you like <laughs> 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 you gotta be on point. So <laughs> I, I that's I, I tell people all the time, theater, theater, theater. It'll, it'll, it, that that for me it, it honed my craft. Um it, it gave me a really good foundation because um even in film, you get tripped up sometimes. 
And it's important that, you, and if it's a good shot, you don't want to mess that up. And if it's something you flubbed around with, you can always adapt. You can you, you can make changes on the fly. And I can only attest that to doing theater. So, yeah. Yeah, you see the director be like, that, that was perfect. That was perfect. You be like, I just fucked that up with him. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, but like I say, you you're going to serve as a um, uh, definitely a role model for those who who are, who are definitely jumping into the indus- that industry. Now we're going to transition to um, the hard they fall experience, and more importantly, um, how you was able to. I'm pretty sure when being a part of that project, a lot of folks don't know the presence of African Americans, or you know. Black Black Americans in general had in being cowboys. How did that you know? How did that whole experience? Because um, I know you had to you had to already know a little something about um, about the cowboys or black cowboys, but it it probably brought us a lot of a lot of things to the light that you didn't know of as far as the blacks and, and blacks being cowboys in that in that um, in that period of time. Well, yeah, it was a phenomenal experience to be there um, because when I got to set and, you know, when you're dressed in the, in the cowboy gear, you put the boots on, it, it just changes you, you know, you feel you feel different, you know, and when we get to set and you see the town, you see the horses and you just you just see the house, the, uh, the horse and buggy come through yep. you know stuff like that and it was just it was really i was really in awe of it you know because in school you don't really hear about in in, in school when i was coming up, you didn't really hear about black cowboys i i really didn't hear i didn't hear about matt love until college matt love uh bill pickett i didn't know about bass reeves until like I want to say maybe little like seven years ago, mm-hmm. and Bass Reeves was the original Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. and That's I found it out. Yeah, I found out watching a TV show, uh, Timeless, called Timeless. It was a really great show, and uh, and that's when it was like, what, wait, 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 the Lone Ranger was black, you know, I, you know, because. <laughs> When you're a kid, you always saw as a white male Texas Ranger, you know. But and Bass Reeves was a real uh, uh, lawman, you know. He yep. he had over uh, th- he arrested over three thousand criminals. Uh, he served <laughs> as a lawman for like thirty two years. So when you see the film, you see Delroy Lindo uh, 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 portray such a powerful uh, presence like that. Uh, it was really, it's it's really wonderful. You know, you saw Matt Love, uh, not Matt Love, Jonathan uh, Major playing Matt Love. You know, yeah. it was, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. You know, it was just when you just see a town full of African Americans, um, that was in the West. It just ha- it just has a different feeling because even when I used to watch the spaghetti westerns, yeah, really see. Blacks in spaghetti Western. I mean, I, I you just you just didn't know. Nope. No. And I think the first representation of blacks that I can remember was watching uh Posse. Yeah. You know, Big, Big Daddy Kane. Yep. 
But uh, Lonesome Dove had a uh, um, Danny Glover was actually in that Lonesome Dove, you know. So, you know, uh, so there was representation, but it was very it was hard to find, you know. Or if you don't want aware of the the material that they were represented, in it, if you will. Yeah, but it was. Well, yes, go ahead. It wasn't. It was a. Uh, it was a comedy with a black uh, cowboy, wasn't it? That they had, uh, oh, oh, you're talking about Blazing Saddles. Yeah, Blazing yeah, yeah. Sandals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, that didn't have a black cowboy in it, bro. I'm trying to take this that's more real, <laughs> realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, I got to give it to Mel Brooks, you know, because that, that was pretty unique having a, a black cowboy. You had Gene Wilder in it. You just had. Uh, you had a representation of, of of so many different nationalities, and he wasn't afraid to pull punches with anything, you know. Um, but yeah, it's still a classic movie today. I still watch Blazing Saddles. Yeah, that's what, that's my that's my black cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> He's always had me rolling, man. Oh, and yeah, man, that that um that set for the holiday fall, man, definitely was star studded, man. A lot of heavyweights in that bad boy. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. I'm I'm for, unfortunately I only work with um, Jonathan Majors and uh, Daniela Deadweller, so I was only there for a week, so I didn't get a chance to work with Delroy Lindo or uh, Regina King. Uh, but you know, I I was just in awe of just watching everything that's happening around because this was my first time on a really big Netflix show like this and I just for my small role I always want to make sure I was present ready to go um, just 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 knew my stuff because I didn't want to waste time or money you know? yeah. that, that's that's the thing right there because uh, that audition came out of left field because I didn't um, I didn't submit for that you know Funny story. Remember, I was telling you about building relationships, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, this 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 lends into um, one of the proudest moments that I had uh, was when I was able to do motion capture. If you don't know what motion capture yeah. is, motion capture. If you see the uh, 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 Lord of the Rings, where you see Gollum, my precious, the you know uh, people that do that. Or yeah. Video games. I was fortunate enough to uh, to get some training in mocap with the mocap bolts here, and uh, I was contacted by Jamie Baffis, who is a casting director for Sony, and I was able to uh, work on Spider Man Interactive. So the 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 interactive game of Spider Man that came out I think it was 2018 or something like that, and uh, yep. I was doing stunts and I performed several characters, and I met a guy named Stephen O Young, and uh, he played Doctor Negative or Mister Negative in that video game. Well, Stephen O Young has done okay plethora of work. He has like over 70 credits. He's worked on Terminator Fate. Uh, he was in CSI Vegas uh, recently. Uh, the guy just has so many so many uh, credits. 
bring it back to a year, a little a year ago, because uh, we worked on Spider Man. Um, a, 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 a young lady named Brittany Hagen emails me, and she's like, "Hey, I would like to see if you want to, if I can get you to audition for The Heart of the Fall." I'm like, uh, "Okay, uh, how did you get my information?" Because you know, I I I don't know this person or anything like that. Because you know, sometimes you think like, uh, "This is a prank or whatever like that." She said, "No, uh, Stephen O. Young referred me to you." I'm like, "Stephen, okay," because we work together on Spider Man. We always stayed in contact. So and we did. Yep. Stunts and Spider-Man. So, um, so I said, oh, yes, yeah, Stephen. Okay, yep, now it starts to click. So she says, well, I would like for you to read of this character, Hard Case Number 1. I said, great. And so this was at work. So I was at my regular IT job, and I said, look, I can't submit it right now, but as soon as I get home, I'll, I'll learn the lines, submit it to you tonight. Great. Because they have a, it was a turnaround, like, quick. And, um, so I did my scene. I tried to um, put something Western on, I guess. Not like, you know, I didn't go crazy, but just something like somebody from the West would wear, you know. And um, did my scene, did the fight choreography in it. Like I got punched and knocked out and edited it, sent it to her. Next day she told me, we want to book you. All right. Say what? <laughs> we want to book you for for this. I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, then, then something inside me like, okay, how am I be explain this at work? <laughs> you know, because that's the thing. When you, I'm not. There's actors out here that are waiters and waitresses. They have, they have survival jobs, and I have a job that yeah. is more than a survival job. It's been a job that I've had since. Um, I went to school for computers, computer science. So that was one of the, that's one of the pitfalls, not pitfalls, what's one of the daunting challenges of doing IT and trying to split the time to do acting as well. So I, I got to juggle it. It's like, because one's paying the bills right now. The other one's, you know, it's helping out paying the bills, <laughs> you know. And, uh, so, but I said, you know what? I I told myself, and I'm glad I did this. When COVID happened, I was work. I, I volunteered to go into the office every day. So people was working remotely. I was going in the office every day because they had computers that need to be reimaged and wiped and whatnot, redeployed and everything like that. So I'm like, I'll take it, you know. So for almost a year, I'm going in every day for almost a year during COVID. Wow. You know, other coworkers work from home, you know, which is fine. But I, I looked at it as an opportunity, like, you know, I'll just I do what I got to do so there can't be no question about, one, my work ethic for my job. Two, when I, I when something else comes around, I got to take it. So, you know, I was trying to make, I, I want to make myself as valuable as I can. So long story short, um, I took that week off. I was able to do stuff remotely when I could. But when I was there, I was uh, I was just there trying to learn and soak up as much information as I could. We saw what camera A was, camera B, um, trying not to mess up my lines, although it was two or three lines I had, but just trying to make sure I was present, I was listening, attentive. Um, because when I did my audition, 
I was so used to westerns with a, you know that slow draw kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Sam was like, oh, pick up the pace a little bit. I'm like, and I gradually picked up the pace because, but that's the westerns I grew up in. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Like that. So once I picked up the pace, I kept it, kept it going, kept it going, kept it going, and I was just so proud to be a part of it. And I didn't really tell anybody I was in it because you, the, the thing is, you don't want to tell someone that you're in something. And then it never makes the cut, you know. Yeah. So that, that, that was the thing with us. Like, so when the trailer came out, I'm like, great. I still can't say though I was in, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you, know, you just don't know, you know. And that would have been, you know, uh, granted I got paid for it, but to have the to have the footage means so much more because now people believe you, you know. Um, Granted, I did get a credit on IMDb, but when you see that footage of me acting alongside these individuals, it, it helps prove what I'm doing. It's working. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. From a, from a, a, a credibility standpoint. Yeah, exactly. most definitely. Most definitely. And um, I noticed, man, when I, um, I've been watching a lot of projects that you worked on, um, and especially like projects like, like Death Wish, and I'm noticing... Dude is nice with his hands. He got the dog on fight scenes down. I mean, what 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 would you say? What would you credit that to as far as getting you to be able to do those fight scenes or even do the um, you know, the, the Spider-Man scenes, the action scenes, to be able to just put those martial art pieces. What's what's some of your what's some of your experience with that, man? I know you got some experience with with the martial arts piece, man. Yeah. Um uh well when I first started getting into the martial arts as, as when I was young, I didn't have the discipline. Uh, to really see it through because I started in karate when I was young, but I just didn't have that, you know, do or die mentality when I was younger. And in my 30s, my late 30s, I was like, you know what? I definitely want to accomplish this. So I looked at several styles, you know, karate, uh, jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, and I came upon Krav Maga. And I was like, Krav Maga. And I started reading it more and more. Right? Oh, this was developed for the Israeli Special Defense Force. Oh, okay. It was de- developed for special operators. They was using that. Law enforcement was using that. And, you know, they start moving to the, the civilian part. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the thing I liked about Krav, it pulled from everything. It pulled from, it pulled from karate, jiu-jitsu, uh, uh, tongue sudo. Um, 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 judo, um, you know, just several styles, and it it it, it put the best it put, it put the best into one for me, okay. you know. I, I, and I, I say that because when I talked about when someone's like, what what it takes to be a good actor, you got to know your material, you got to know what you're working with, and that's how I was telling them read several books, and I will pull from each book what works for me because not everything's going to work for you. You know, um, and that's why I looked at it from crop and I started, um, you know, everyone starts as a, as a white belt. And I said, you know what, if I really hit this hard, like like college, if I really don't miss any of the classes, even when I'm injured, I still test. I just keep giving up in four years. I can get that black belt. And that's what happened. So in my class. I think it was like 30 white belts that started with me, maybe 20, 25 or 30 white belts that started. When I got the black belt, 
Only three of us was left. Damn. Damn. It's a serious weed out. Yeah, because it, it, it boils down to how bad you really want it. And this was, I started taking crop before Instagram or anything like that. You know, I just really wanted to do the work because one, I, as as an actor, when I looked at action shows, uh, action movies, and whatnot, when people doing martial arts, I'm like, you know what? I want to be able to be able to do that. I want to bring that authenticity to it, and not just for acting for myself as well. You know, because I would, uh, you know, I, I would like. I wanted to know, make sure I can defend myself no matter what. So when I started doing Krav, you know, um, I think there was let me see, one, two, three, four. Six belts to get the black belt. Wow. So when I, my first belt test was like for yellow. It took six hours. I couldn't hardly walk to my car. You know, that's, that's how brutal long that test was. Orange belt. And I remember and when I got my orange belt, that's when you can start going to fight class. So what, what better way to get better at fighting than, you know, got to take those hits. You got to know what yeah. Gotta, they giving you these these tools. Now it's up to you to make these tools work, you know. And my instructor at the time, Tony Hardy, big shout out to Tony. You know, yeah. <laughs> he man, he he cleaned my clock so many times off, off across mm-hmm. that mat because he was a black belt, and here I am, an orange belt, getting my clock clean every Wednesday. But you know what? I took those hits. I said, you know what? I got to get better. I got to find out a way. And to get better, like I said, you got to research. You got to really want it. So I looked at several boxers, uh, uh, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Robinson. I, I looked at oh, wow. guys. I, I looked at their footwork. I looked at how their punching combinations were. I, I looked at so many things so I could start counting me him. And then I started counting. He's like, wait a minute, how'd you do that? Well, I did this and this. Like, okay. And then he, he made me pay for it, you know? So <laughs> I, I told him how I did that. So I figured out a way to counter that. How did you do that? And I'm not telling you that because now you're going to just, you know? So from orange belt to green belt to blue belt to brown belt, I mean, because, you know, from for green belt, it took a year. Blue belt took a whole year, and that's four tests every year. Four mm-hmm. laborious tests. Brown belt, full year. I started teaching, being an assistant fight instructor at Green Belt. Damn. Because I was going, like I said, every Wednesday, come, I don't care if it was cold, rainy, I ain't feel good. No, I, I got to I gotta get that time in. And it yep. was just fight classes, just the other classes as well, the, the fundamentals. Because a lot of times people want to do the flashy stuff. The flashy stuff is cool and all, but the fundamentals, that's the one that's going to save your life. Yeah. And I just really just fell in love with it. You know, I always just kept pushing myself time in and time out. I mean, there was times, man, because when I was coming to fight class, we was going like 70, 80%. So, you know, we won't like playing patty cake. Nah, nah, you feeling this, you know, and I was fine with that, you know, because uh, that's how you toughen up. Because if you get in a street fight, someone hits you, are you going to cower away and like, oh, my God, that was too hard? No, suck it up. So I, I fought when I had, I was injured. 
um, swole hand, bad guys don't care if you're injured. They look at that as a hell no. You know, oh, good, he's weak. Finish him off. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I learned where I had to fight when I was at a disadvantage. And then from that, uh, I transitioned to uh, teaching fight class because uh, Tony had to go. He had other endeavors he had to do. So I think when I became blue belt or brown belt, that's when I was the instructor for fight class for Burbank Croft Maga. Yep. And from there, I, I taught other classes and I taught fight class. So pretty much every week for seven years I was fighting. So, you know, I really, uh, and and the same thing too for second degree black belt, because that's, that's the thing, you know, it, I, I was willing to do the work, willing to take those, those those hits and whatnot, because there, I'm going to tell you one that there was, I think this was when I was blue belt. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, we went hard and uh, this guy came in really hard and he hit me so hard. I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. He hit me so hard, I literally had a black eye. And I'm like, okay, you want to go that hard? And he's like, he's smirking. I'm like, all right. Within, the, within probably 10 seconds, I broke his nose. So his nose is just literally just, just blood everywhere. And I felt sorry for like a second. But, you know, we had this concept, you get what you give. So you you, you come with it. You can right. take it. You're gonna be able to you gotta take it. And I and that guy never came back to fight class. I continued class until I noticed that <laughs> blood was coming, you know, something like, well, let me go ahead and go home, put some ice on my eyes, sleep sitting upward. Cause when you got a black eye, you can't lay down because right. the blood's gonna pull. You gotta sleep, yeah. you know, <laughs> like this. Sitting up. Yeah. Like right. you got a perm. Right, <laughs> and like, you can't, you can't blow your nose or anything like that. So, you know, and I came to work the next day, and people were like, "What happened to you?" Fight club. Like, yeah, just, fight club. Pretty much, and I wish I had a fight. Club. <laughs> I so wish I had a fight club. But you know what? I wore that. I wore that as a badge of honor. I wore that because, for one, you know, um, with fighting like that, you learn what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And when I started teaching fight class, I was bringing those fundamentals where other students that I was teaching and other instructors were teaching, and I would incorporate that. When you go to the ground, how you how you able to get up? Because now you're in the real world now. You're still in a safe environment, but now you're in the real world. Because, you know, when you're in class, it's one thing. Now, when you come to fight class, we're going to apply that to real-world Situations, yeah. Situations and whatnot. So, and I just, I really, I still have a passion for it. I still train on the weekends when I can. And I I tell you, like, one of the hardest things was black belt. And when I mean black belt, another year. And one of the tests that we had, because it's four tests, it's combatives, weapons, uh, uh, self-defense, and then the fourth one is, is, is all of them. Mm. I think the think it was the second or third test was 12 hours. So I got off of work and I had to be at the dojo. This was in Chatsworth. I had to be in the dojo at 6 or 6.30 till 6 a.m. the next day. They built a kill house in there. 
we had, you know, we, we, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. And I loved it because it's like, <laughs> it, it, won't, it won't just the kill house. We had to fight. I, man, I had, bru- oh, man, my ribs were bruised. I mean, I, I, it's like every, every part of my body was just bruised. But I wore it like, you know, suck it up. How bad, how bad do you want it? You know, because a lot of people say like, oh, I want to do acting or I want to do this. How bad do you want it? Are you willing to suffer? Are you willing to go through the bumps? Because there was some nights, man, I was in pain. But it's like, you know what? Keep doing it. Keep getting better. You know, you you, you, you lost this match. Figure out a way to win, win the next time you fight this guy. I found a way how to beat him, you know, because uh, um, a friend of mine, Jay Walker, and uh, he fought professionally too. Called him Headhunter. He would kick you in the head, literally take your head clean off. He always said, "Find out what your bread and butter was." And I found out what my bread and butter was, and I just kept building on that, building and building and building. And when I look at with 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 that, to 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 bring this back to your question, when I look at fight scenes and someone throws a punch, I know how to make my body react the way that it would in real life because mm-hmm. I've been by those combinations. Yep. Um, you know, I know how to, I, I've given someone some mean liver shots where uh, they can't fight <laughs> anymore because I, I had to do it because I thought I learned how to do a liver shot by watching and practicing, learning from professionals that do this. And um, that's when I look at a fight scene from John Wick or, or, or the Jason Bourne m- m- movies. It's great. I, I, I like seeing that, 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 um, that kind of fight that the Punisher on Netflix. I just love that. Yeah. So visceral. Yeah. So, it was just aggressive. It wasn't showy. It wasn't a lot of tricking and flipping and everything. No, he's bash your head against a, a wall. And one of the reasons why I created the short uh, fight films, Death Wish, was to show producers and the directors and casting directors, these are skill sets I can bring. This is craft. This is, I wanted to show you something that's based on real life. This is what I would do. And I, I choreographed a scene where I'm slamming a guy's head against a concrete wall and I'm using their head as a cheese grater against it, you know, um, bashing their head against the concrete, shelling up. You know, yeah. kicks yeah. and elbows. Uh, so, in, in the entertainment industry, it's kind of disheartening when, and I get it. There, people are a, a name, or they have like a Instagram <laughs> followers, and you know, they they put them in like uh, martial arts camp or whatnot for two weeks. And I and I because I watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Where they're like, oh, I did this for like two two months, and you know, I was I'm like, mm-hmm. try doing this for like seven years, you, you know, um, yeah, try 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 doing uh, a cauldron that's two hours long, and then you still got to do some stuff, but you do this for like two months, and you know, so I I, I just feel like I I just I I hope that. The more work I I get to do in stunt works and fight stunts, mm-hmm. I get opportunities just to just to show some 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 really good techniques, 
some, my, my work ethic because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I'm a black belt and this and that, you know. I I tell someone I'm a black belt in this, I got the credentials to prove it. Because a lot of people, they think a black belt is this, that, you know, you can do all those flips and tricks. No, no. I what, I didn't do that in fight class. You don't see that in, in the in uh, in in the mixed martial arts, do you? You see some knees, some elbows, some front kicks, takedowns. Because that's elbows, elbows. That's that's. I mean, in the street, I'm gonna throw some headbutts to you too. But you know, um, it, I, I just like the the fact that I can actually do it. But then it's it's the other thing too. Are people willing to? Give you the opportunity to show you, uh, to show them that you can do yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can uh, be like yeah. Wesley Snipes, the new Wesley Snipes action mm-hmm. figure. Huh, 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 Wesley, huh, Wesley huh. still got it. Wesley, Wesley still got it, man. I, you know, and it's it's just that I have a lot of respect for someone that actually goes through the trenches to actually earn that, and just yeah. just do. Yeah. A, not, I'm not knocking on any martial arts or anything like that, but you know, it, it to me, if you're a black belt and you know, what, what was there was a um, uh, this is on news this year, you had an Olympian black belt and he was in the Olympics and he got his butt handed to him. So I say that because did you get that just doing katas or did you get that through actually fighting? Yeah. You know, point sparring is different than actually <laughs> going all the way through. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, because yeah. you know, like I said, when we sparred, I've all man, I, I had busted lips sometimes, you know, spitting blood out. It came with it. Someone else was spitting blood out, you know. It there was times, man, you know, I had I there was some times like I might have a concussion, <laughs> you know. Let me uh let me uh make sure we stay up a couple of nights. <laughs> but it's, I had to go to work the next day. Damn. <laughs> so, man. But, um I, look, I say that because I just have a lot of respect for the martial arts. I have a lot of respect for for individuals. Other stunt people that put their their life on the lines, you know, because you got stunt men, stunt women that are out there that do amazing work, and I, I yep. I'm staying in my lane, you know. Yep. There's there's things that I'm great at. There's some things that man, they can. <laughs> <ass. laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so yeah, that yeah. So I I just look like that. I've paid my dues. I know about taking punches. I know how to fall. Cause in the, and that's one of the things my instructor was telling me. When you take martial arts, you're gonna learn how to fall. Because in fights, you're gonna fall. You wanna make sure that you fall without hurting yourself. Correctly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And one thing I can say is, you know, on those fight scenes, it, you know, I could tell it was some training because the way the whole way your technique was with the with the countering and the rollovers, and I was like, nah, this dude been working with some. He been doing some work, even with the whole the way hold you holding the gun. You know what I'm saying? Because you know we we seen all the time somebody get on screen hold a gun like yeah you know what I'm saying? Oh what God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've seen. Let me let me show you something. <laughs> 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 
Go get the cat. Get oh, you get. get the cat. You come back with the baseball bat, like. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is Tory B. Lawrence. We are still in the thick of it, man. We having a good time just chopping it up, man. He dropping some serious jewels about the game. But okay. got the, here we go. This is this is the airsoft. This is not real. This is an airsoft. You see the orange tip. Yeah. All right, all right Alec Baldwin, go ahead. There's nothing yeah. orange tip. There's no magazine in here. Yep. I, I train with this, and um, you know because it's expensive to go to a gun range all the time. It so is. I use this to, to practice, you know. But when I see people on uh, on TV holding a gun like this, I don't know if you can see it that well. Now you can't see it because the green. Nah, screen. it's but all good. I I just see people holding a pistol. Just hold it in front of you. Hold it in front of you. Then hold you can it. see it. Hold hold it in front of you just like this. Then you can see it. Uh, I mean, I see people holding all weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's you know, it, you know I and I, I say I say that I, I say that because um, did you go to a gun range? Did you practice? You know, and a, a lot of times I don't think they do. You know, and I think one of the things we're doing, Krav, that's one of the first things. I, I, I think when we started going, I was always familiar with guns anyway. Yeah. But when I started taking Krav, when I uh, started getting more into, like, gun takeaways and, and, and whatnot, you start really understanding the applications of that. And um, uh, you hit a term... Uh, uh, wrath and trap, you know, like that, you know, because um, you start to understand that and you start knowing the right way how to hold the weapon, shooting and whatnot. So I've, I've taken several classes. I continue, like I said, to train. I got an AR, uh, airsoft pistol, airsoft rifle. I train with, with, with transitionings around corners, pine and everything like that because if I'm in a military film or TV show, I want to be I want to portray um, this uh, this character as truly as I can. Because uh, in Krav, I'm, I work with people that are in law enforcement. Yeah. So I would ask them questions, law enforcement and military. You know, so they would they would teach me some things, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense right here. And then go to the range, like, oh, that makes sense. So then I start applying that to what I need to do to continue to get better at it. Wow. So, and, and that's and that's across the board with with craft, with, 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 with motion capture, because um, sometimes when you go on set for motion capture, if you're holding a gun wrong, you know, people look at you like. <laughs> you know, I mean, and not just mocap. Uh, even TV and film, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I see stuff happening. I'm like, anyone gonna say something? I'm, I'm not gonna say anything because I'm not, I'm not the guy in control or anything like this. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay right here, do what I gotta do. So, uh, but I say that to say this: if you're gonna be an actor and you gotta hold a gun, you gotta shoot stuff. Go to a range, do it, get that particular firearm, get familiar with it, respect it, treat it. You know, that's that's one of the things I never had to worry about that on the heart of the fall because 
everyone seemed to be respectful of the firearm. No one was pointing and shooting at no one or, you know, it was just like everyone was on, on their game. Yeah. Just, you know, be, be, be professional. Yeah. There, wasn't no, there wasn't no Alan Baldwin thing. Honestly, uh, from what I've, I mean, from what I've read about that, I, I, I don't think someone that young should have been the armorer, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, there's so many different reasons as to why I'm not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just I just feel like um, that's why I say um, respect that weapon. Treat every gun as if it's loaded. Loaded, yeah. And if I have to be on set, I'm like, I'm about to shoot someone. Okay, hold on. Let me check. Confirm these are blanks. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, uh, you don't want that to happen. But, but however, when I feel you with a really good armorer, a really good armorer that knows what they're doing, is relatively safe, and plus you're not going to be actually pointing the gun at them. So yeah. you got camera angles that could fool the cam, fool the audience to think yeah. you're shooting at someone. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. So, um, um, with that being said, what what would you say would be the keys to being a great actor? Because I noticed there's a lot of discipline, a lot of work ethic. But what what are some of your keys? Because you, you definitely already said uh, a few of them already, but I'm going to let you elaborate on it. Keys, well, um, I don't think I'm there yet to be a great actor. I'm going to be honest with you. you know? uh, I, I mean, I, 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 I've been doing this for 20 years, and I, I'm still learning. Uh, I would say learn from the – constantly try to learn from the best. Watch, um, for example uh, – Richard Chamberlain, mm-hmm. now, uh, uh, Don Cheeto, Denzel Washington, watch Robert De Niro, watch some of these these guys, um, uh, Meryl Streep, Viola mm-hmm. Davis. Yeah. Watch some of these individuals right here. Could they learn from somebody else? Yeah. Um, but on top of that, you got to put the work in. Um, like I said, in this industry, um, Everybody's time is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some individuals that been in the industry maybe two years or five years, and they're already making big movies and, and TV shows. And, you know, sometimes it could be relationships or, you know, is it there the right place, right time? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I met um, Raymond Cruz, uh, if you know Raymond Cruz from The Substitute, yeah, uh, The Rock and everything, the, the movie The Rock. I met him. Uh, I got out here in two thousand seven. I think I met him in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. And yep. I was I was going to the movie at the ArcLight, and I knew who he was, but it just the, the name didn't register in me. I'm like, sir, I know who you are, and um, if I could just ask you oh, a quick question, um, could you give me any kind of advice? You know, because he he was already established then. He, you know, because he would start doing other things. He start doing uh, major crimes, and after major crimes, he did Better Call Saul. Um, and he told me that, um, man, it took me twenty years. It took me twenty years upon the pavement, putting in, putting the work, and paying my dues. And I and I say that because 
You know, um, I've been guilty of looking at somebody else's journey compared to mine. Because you start thinking like, man, what am I doing wrong? Why, why haven't I got that 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 brass ring, that mm, the opportunity to finally yeah. like go from here to here? And I, I say that because you know it's there have been some depressive, the depressing times and throughout throughout my life, and as well as other performers that have finally made it. And um, I I I. Uh, I guess what keeps me going is just like the work, you know, you just, um, it, it can always, it's, it's, and when I say the work, it's not about the money. Um, Bingo. It's not about the money. You can't, you can't make it about the money. Um, you have to have a genuine passion for what you're doing. Bingo. And, um, no matter what project that I'm working on, because there's some projects that I got paid eighty dollars, eighty dollars a day. Projects I got paid one hundred twenty-five. Projects that I got paid two hundred, five hundred, a thousand a day. I say that because whatever project that I am working on, I treat that project as if it's a million-dollar set. Yep. Bingo. Because. I'm there because you gave me an opportunity. You believe in me, and I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna show you that you wasted your time or energy on me. You know, I, I say that because when I'm there, I'm ready to go. I'm. I'm not gonna. Be, I'm. I'm happiest when I'm on the set. You know, there's nothing like being on the set. It beats being in the cubicle. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I say this because uh, one project that I, I'm, I'm, uh, I have uh, coming up, let me see if I can share it real, real quick with you. Uh, let me see if I can uh, find it. So I can. Yeah. Well, while you're doing it, um, that's the that's the, when my my daughter was doing music. I asked her why she wanted to do music, and uh, she was like, "Cause I want to be famous." I said, "Nah, that's the wrong. That's the wrong answer. You got to be passionate about what you're doing." Yeah, and um, it's gonna be a whole, like you said, it's gonna be a whole lot of no's. You gotta really, you gotta be willing to do this damn thing for free, and you gotta put the work at the game like it's a million dollar project. Exactly, and that's why I said theater because I did theater for a while and I didn't get paid anything. Yeah. Um, in the night living dead. Hmm? In the night living dead. Now this is uh, this is a backdrop of uh, cold blows the wind. I, I I say that because this was a project that I worked on at night. It's cold. This is I, I did this a couple of months ago, and this is at night. So I worked eight hours, and I'm on set like at five or six o'clock, and I'm working to two to three o'clock in the morning. I get off of work. I mean, I get off from set. I wake back up seven eight o'clock, drive my butt back into work, work another eight hours, and back on set at night. To shoot this movie, that's passion. That's passion right there, boy. Uh, I and you know it's it was it was cold and it was just like <laughs> you know it's like and we did a fight scene out. We did a really good fight scene out in the dirt. It's uh, it's cold, wet, and it's oh. like I'm getting slammed around, slamming some us around. I have these wonderful lines that did that that uh, the. 
director uh, Eric Willifoot Road and uh, producer Victoria Vidogo. Yeah, um, it was it was just a really great film to be a part of, and I was just happy to be there. I mean, they, it was just. You know, I, I would be making jokes about it. I grew my, I had a really thick beard. I had, <laughs> I, I had hair because I'm bald getting it now. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I created this whole character and it was just so great to, to, to do what I love to do. And, you know, making people laugh, just being a joy on the set. Everybody was a joy on the set. And it was, it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful, and, and that's and that's what I mean about it. You really have to love what you're doing because that's some nights I was just tired, but it's like when I got on that set, wake up, the, you auditioned for this role, you fought how many other applicants for this? Exactly. So, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, do 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 be the best you can be. And I, I, the reason why I, I stress that out, be the best you can be, that's in anything. Yeah. Anything. If you want to be a DJ, be the best DJ in the city. If you're going to be an actor, be the best actor. If you're going to be a janitor, my mom always told me this. If you, Tori, if you want to do something, be the best at it. If you, if you, you got to sweep this lawn, you know, because the house was just this concrete where I had to sweep it as a kid. She told me, if you're going to do it, be the best to be the best street sweeper and rock him out, you know, so do it right. So you don't have to do it again. And that always stuck with me. So with my job in, in information technology, I always wanted to be the best I can be, be the best analyst. I can be the best technician I can be. And here doing acting, I want to be the best actor that I can be. This role that you gave me, that you blessed me with, I want to be the best at it. And yeah. Yeah, then that's and that's how it comes across, man. And I want a lot of people to pick up on your your, your whole your whole journey, you know what I'm saying? The work ethic, not only in the IT, but also to just take that because you know a lot of folks are done after an eight-hour job. So for you to go on a different set and and and, and do a pull another six or seven hours, man, that's passion, man. That's passion, hunger, and then the humility side of it is when you're done with it and to be able to write that, you know, to thank you better and be so appreciative and giving your 100 effort, man. That's you, you. You can't put a put a price on that's that's why I say a great actor because to me, you on the that's what you're on the road. You you're demonstrating greatness just by your your um. Just by your 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 day to day regiment, I appreciate that, man. I, I do. It's, it's yeah. just, um, and yeah. I say that because um, when you work for something, when you put the time in and you, the grind, when you finally get it, you appreciate it. Mm -hmm. and you, you won't mess it up because you see so many people, and not just. Not just with acting, you see so many people in other uh, careers that just get stuff handed to them, and the next thing you know, it's gone. You know, it's you get, you get someone that wins a lottery, what happens in like three years? They broke. Okay, they just, they, they just got it. They never worked for it. They never read books about managing it. It's gone. So I'm in it for the Thanks. long haul. I'm in for longevity. I don't see myself retiring from this when I'm 80, 90 years old. Passion. Passion. I'm but I'm hoping the break comes before. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll, 
You know, because let's be honest, you know, look, I can't pay bills with passion. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you, man. I feel you. But, you know, first thing, first thing first, you're passionate about it. You got the work ethic and you, you're able to juggle it and make it work out. Now, let's let's go to the um the future plans, man, because you shared the project with, you know, with me and the fam. And we looked at it over uh, over Sunday, man. I think our community really needs to see this project. And um, and it definitely taps into the vicious cycle of, of molestation in our community. But I'll let you go ahead and tap in on the project, man, because I think this is going to be mind-blowing for most people, man. When I saw it, I was like, damn, boy, this is a dark road for Tory, boy. But he handled it like a G. <laughs> uh, what, what you're talking about um, um, uh, is a project that I was able to work with uh, uh, Damien, uh, Damien L. Smith called uh, The Block Trilogies. Block trilogies, yeah. Block trilogies, and this is my second collaboration with uh, him. And um, um, when he told me, like, "Hey, Tor, I got this part for you, man. I want you to read it," you know, because originally it wasn't what you saw me as. It was (laughs) I I, I actually had the part of a husband in the other episode. Okay. And uh, and I said, yeah, I'll let you do it. And then he's like, well, actually, I want to see if can, can you play this other role as the pastor. I just let that go in there because I, I don't want to. I don't want to give give anything yeah, away. Yeah, don't give away. I, I can't give it away. <laughs> but you know, the, the the block trilogies is a I say is a cross between American Horror Story and the Twilight Zone. Damn, and, I gotta watch that. And you have such a phenomenal cast there. You have uh, Glenn Plumer, who's in it. Um, let's see, uh, uh, Denise Pequa, uh Denise. I'm trying to remember her. La- trying to call her last name right now, and it's just it went literally out the window. Um, but you you have um, uh, uh, Judy Dolan in it. You have. A young kid named um, God, no, so I'm, I'm drawing a blank, and it's right down the tip of my tongue. Sounds uh, good. Uh, uh, hold on, man. It's called brain fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's all good. <laughs> See, I know it, it, the kid. The, the, there's 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 two kids that's on the show. Michael uh, Travera, I know Matthew Travera is one of them, and this was his first gig. He did an amazing job, uh, and the other young. Yeah, he plays my son. God knows mm. I, can't, I can't think of the kid's name right now. It's literally right there. Um, Sage Meyer. Sorry. Sorry, okay. Sage Meyer. So and you have uh, Marcus Paul, who's in it as well. And if you watched um, uh, the, the TV show Brandy, he was the brother. Yeah, the brother. Yeah. So it's a stellar cast. Stellar cast. Every, everyone. I mean, th- this is not everybody. But everybody brought their A game. Uh, Damien wrote such a perplex, powerful piece because there's three episodes in this, and uh, it's I believe it's it's definitely a story that needs to be told. Man, every every, every episode is definitely a story that needs to be told, and I think uh, people will really be shocked. But then it's like, man, this is powerful. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be a part of it. I look forward to when it premieres. 
I'll definitely be posting it on Instagram. And, uh, you know, I, I encourage people to check it out. The Block Trilogies. There's nothing to mess with. Oh, man. I will be checking the Block Trilogy out. Yeah. Oh, most See, definitely. That's, that's, that's like one, uh, that's one of the things. Was was that the question that you asked me about what projects I got coming up? Or Yep. Um, we know. We started off with that one. So that's, um, that's one of them. This yep. Is that a project I start filming in January? Actually, yeah, January. It's called Welcome. And it's a drama. It's a, I say this, it's uh, walking walking a mile, uh, walking, walking in the shoes of injustice, of injustice, if you will. Okay. So I, I say that if you've seen stuff with, um, with the police and you know, you hear about uh George Floyd and you hear yeah. about about other minorities uh with the police and I'm not I don't have anything against the police. I mean this I you know, people kept saying defund the police, no, because that's who you call when you need help. Why would you defend that, you know? And um but she was able to uh Rico Armstrong was able to write and tell such a powerful story where this is going to flip the script. So you're going to see from a different perspective here. And uh, and I think this would be an eye-opener as well. This is written by Drew Armstrong and produced by Jermaine Williams. Okay. And we start filming that. I'll be playing uh, a policeman in this one. So that's that's mm-hmm. why I have a different... I have, I've always respected the police, but remember, I have a different respect for that. So you'll see uh, a really good take on that. I'm looking forward to shooting that. And I just booked this other gig. Um, I just booked this other gig. Can't say it, what it is yet. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, but I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I want to say what it's about, but I can't say anything. No, right no, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Just when it's all ready and set to go, you know what I'm saying? Just be sure to, you know, let us know so I can tell oh, yeah. people. When I can post stuff about it, I will post it on on social media. But I'm very proud of the, these projects that I, got, I got coming up, and um, uh, there's one coming up called Bare Skin next year. I just don't know when we're gonna shoot that, but I will. Sequel? Bare Skin? Yeah, because I remember was one before it was something called Bare Skin. No, Bare Skin. Bare, Bare Skin is an anthology. Uh, it's an anthology series. Uh, no. Director, the writer, director um, Miko Montes. I worked with him on um, um, what's the name of the movie? The um, e- the eclipse of uh, a man eclipse, a man eclipse, and um, it, he's he's writing. He's wrote two or three other short movies, short short films, and it's about several different characters. But in Bearskin, all of these characters are going to meet for the very first time, and it's um, where we've all dealt with 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 trauma in our life. Mine was fire, uh, and some was uh, uh, drowning. Well, I don't want to get too much away. Yeah, no, no, no. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. It's it's pretty much first game would be an anthology where you pull from several characters from several of the films where we 
meet a psychiatrist, which supposedly help us deal with this mental breakdowns that we're having, but we're going to have to do unorthodox treatments for this. So it's... Oh, it's, uh, oh uh, sound uh, too deep. Sound too deep. It's going to be very dark, cerebral kind of thing. So it's going to have you thinking. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah so that, that's another project. I, I And uh, mm-hmm. I, that might be in February or or March or something like that. I'm not sure. But then, you know, but like I said, I'm always working, um, just trying to get the next gig, trying to get the next opportunity to to get up, you know. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are the current projects that I have coming out right now. Man, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Great, man. I'm so happy for you, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, Max, man. It's, it's, like I said, it's, it's, you know, you just got to have that work ethic. You just got to keep grinding. You got to keep looking for opportunities. And, you know, I, when I say looking for opportunities, um, you know, one of the things I want to, piggyback on about being great at what you're trying to do. A lot of times when some actors go on Actors Access and they submit themselves, they point and click, maybe submit a reel, and that's it. You know, uh, I've been able to find most of my work by myself. So I'm self-representation. I've had reps in the past. However, you know, um, I got I got tired of always giving someone 15 to 15% of my money when they not really give me the work. Or anything, yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, crap on agents and managers out there. There's some managers and agents that are really good at getting you out there, and there's some that are not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said it because when I submit myself for a project, I try to find out, one, who the director is, if I can find that out. Uh, the uh, 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 casting producers of it and find these individuals and write them a letter. Let them know, hey, my name is Tori Lawrence. I see that you're uh, working on this kind of project. I submitted for this. Would love to show you what I can do. Here's my recent work. Bam. You know, and sometimes I can, I get a reply back. Uh, Sometimes I've taken it a step further. And what I mean by taking a step further, there's a project that I submitted myself for where um, they're going to be shooting this overseas. And I found the director and the cast director and I connected to the cast directors. And so to take, and I didn't get, I submitted for it, but I didn't Mm -hmm. get the audition notice yet. Yeah. I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on show facts and if they got the sides up there. So pretty much over Christmas holiday where people are, you know, having a good time, drinking and opening presents and enjoying, I'm learning lines. So I took that time to learn lines, like literally two, yeah, two pages, two pages of a monologue. And I did this thing and I just let, let them know like, hey, um, my name is Tori Lawrence. I submitted for this role. This, I know this is kind of unorthodox, but I just wanted you to, sh- to see my work ethic. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not begging for an opportunity or anything like that. I'm just 
showing you my work, showing you how bad I want this, and I'm going above and beyond. And I did the audition, and I put it on YouTube, a private link, sent it to him, just to see what happens. You know, because uh, I think for, for me, if someone wants to do that, that's like, that shows an, an initiative right there. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, but I say that because if I was, it can work for you, and then sometimes it won't work for you. I say that because no one really knows my name or really knows my work. But if I was a main, and if I did this, immediately some people, oh, well, uh, let's check them out. Let's, you know, and it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't, but it you, know, is. And, you know, because I get it. Cast directors are being inundated with submissions and they got to whittle down. I'll tell you, for, for, for example, for one role, they might get 5,000 submissions. They got to whittle that down to 1,000 send submissions, send auditions out. And then they might whittle it down to like 200. Then you get callbacks. Then you got to whittle it down, you know? So I, I get it, you know? And if, if, if anything, I just feel like if you really want to find a diamond in the rough, you got to look for it. Because you can best believe there's some guy, I, I, and I say this to make this analogy. Mm-hmm. You have some actors out here that's been paying the dues for 20, 30 years that will smoke some of these cats that got up, got past, got ahead like in five years. Yeah. It was smoke. I say to make another analogy. You got some guys that's in the NBA. You got some of these guys that's in A1 basketball that will smoke some of these guys in the NBA. They just never got the opportunity. So, you see what I mean right there? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can ball, man. I see you ball, man. So, it's like, you know, I get it. You know, it's a numbers game. There's so many different variables. You know, but I, I feel like if you truly look at some talent instead of looking at an Instagram and see how many followers someone has popularity. Let's see someone's work ethic versus popularity because popularity only going to get you so far. Bingo. Because what what you going to do when a director says, hey, I want you to do this, flip it like this, this, and they're like, uh, 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 I got too many followers. But what do you mean? How how am I supposed to play it like this? And th- You should be able to adapt. And, and, you know, because I've been, there have been some times I've been on set where someone, the director tells them, uh, you know, I want you to do it like this. And the guy's like, what do you mean? I, I, and I'm like, make a substitution. Change your point of view from this to that. That's the craftsmanship. But see, that's what I'm saying. Someone that's been doing theater that had to pay their dues, that had to learn, that had to read the books, that had to go through a lot of no's to finally get that yes. You know, I, I just have a different, I have such a respect for it where I could, I can, I know how to maneuver through some, maneuver through so that I can bring something to it. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. I, That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Is that and, um, yeah, that definitely, that definitely answered, man. The only thing I got, got left is, is, is contact. How do, how do the folks get to follow you? What, what, what's the, um, what's some of your, your tags or your, your IG tags? Like, what, how can they follow you or see some of your work? 
Um, uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, Tori Lawrence. Uh, you'll find me on the Thunderous Madman. Thunderous Madman. Uh, uh, for those that uh, still use LinkedIn, which surprisingly a lot of professionals still use LinkedIn. I'm under that as well. Tori B. Lawrence. So that's really some of the best ways. For, and I am DB as well. I am DB has my information. So that's really the best way to see. And I say, the reason why I say I am DB, because uh, producers yeah. and casting, they look at that too. You know, as as a yep. way to find individuals to contact. Cool. Yeah, that's why I saw the um, Death Wish when I went to IDBM. Yep. Um, I saw I saw the Death Wish. I saw the um, the, um, the Fish movie. Um, my son, my son was definitely in on. He was looking at all of them. So I was like, okay. yeah, that's a, that's a, oh man, that's a nice one too. So yeah, so um, so yeah, man, definitely was um a pleasure, man. Just just finally able to get this done, man, because I know the schedule's been hectic. Um, and, and we have a whole lot of history. A lot of folks don't know that. But um, we go way back. 92, 91, Rocky Mountain. <laughs> so, so I've been keeping tabs with this brother for a minute. Yeah. He was on the basketball court just talking <laughs> on me all the time. I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be out here. I'm just gonna do jump shots because you come just keep talking on me. This ain't right. <laughs> I, I'm not playing no more. <laughs> I'm like, you on me left and right. So you know what? I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna do jump shots. Forget it. I ain't going in that paint with you. That's all right. <laughs> Man, that was many moons ago. Many moons ago. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Land Rover now. You know what I'm saying? But um, but um. But man, it has been a pleasure, man. And definitely gonna, gonna you know, keep tabs on you, make sure folks keep a yeah. keep a watch on what you're doing. Such a big inspiration, man, for not only Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, but you know, our people in general. So it's it's this was this was I love this man. This was fun. And I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna do it again on a on a much different level. So I'm I'm like I said, uh this was this was this was nice, man. I appreciate it. Well, I really thank you, Chris, for having me up here. DJ Battle. DJ Battle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get around your platform, DJ Battle. Oh, you good. You good. You good. They they know me as either one of them. <laughs> uh, I, I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on your, your platform. And um, you asked some really great questions. And I hope what I was able to give out, I hope it's beneficial to, to, to individuals that want to pursue acting or any other endeavor that I have. You just, you just got to put the work in. Just have a, a great work ethic. Oh, most definitely. This, these are some jewels, man. I think, I think the youth will definitely see that. You know, the work ethic is no joke. And if you're passionate about something, you, you really want to do it, put your best foot forward. And, and like you said, be prepared for a lot of no's, but stick to the craft. Just stick to the craft, man. And, Learn. And, and you can't be a microwave baby. Yeah, a microwave baby. It ain't gonna work, man. It ain't gonna work. Yeah, you're right because that's the only way you're gonna get better. You, you know, you're gonna have to. Go against audition against people that are better than you, and I went against a lot of people that were better, and because they had more credit, so they're being the you know phoning in, if you will. And um, you, Pat, I say that with, with martial arts, you want you, you get better by fighting someone that's better than you. So that's the only way you're gonna yeah. Yeah. To elevate your game, and that's across the board. Yeah. What you're doing, you gotta get, you yeah. gotta. Compete against people that are bringing it. 
Yep, and that and that make that makes so much sense, man. And like I say, I appreciate it again, man. And um, any anything you got to say to the people before we roll, roll up out? Anything you got to say to the people, Max, man, before we roll up out of here? Man, everybody have a happy New Year. Do something nice. Oh, yeah, definitely. bless somebody. Bless somebody. Just give some love. That's it, man. Anything? Any any, any parting words you got to say to the people before we roll up out of here, Tori? Uh, I just wanted to say thank you again for having me out here. Uh, I want to wish everybody um, uh, happy holidays and a happy new year, especially people back in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Um, yes, sir. Um, you know, I, this has been a tough year, but I'm praying that everyone here, um, 2022 will be even a better year for everybody. 